welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. I thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back aboard with you once again today. The Minnesota Vikings headed into Atlanta. Of course, no Kirk Cousins. You got to see Jaron Hall play a very impressive first drive. Looked uh, very much comfortable in his own skin out there. Uh, great body language, like I was talking about last week. Even better body language this time around. And then as he was driving, <laughs> trying to run into the end zone, he was hit very hard, kind of kind of like a helmet-to-helmet almost type of a hit. Maybe it was shoulder-into-helmet type of play. And ultimately was taken out with a concussion. And next thing you know, Josh Dobbs comes in, <sighs> fresh out of just maybe just basically hours with the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously a couple of days, but like, I don't know, like 72 hours as a member of the Minnesota Vikings basically or so, approximately like being able to study the plays and such. And goes out there and has an incredibly impressive game. Jaron Hall looked incredibly impressive in the time he got to be out there before the concussion. Just absolutely heartbreaking. But bottom line, the Minnesota Vikings come out of Atlanta with a 31-28 extremely impressive win. This was something. Um, what's fun about it is, again... It makes the coaches more creative. It, you get to see what Kevin O'Connell really can do. Like, this is when you really find out if a guy is a coach or not a coach. And Kevin O'Connell looks like a coach. Uh, this is good. This is very impressive. And the way the Vikings were able to escape last week, what could have been a disaster. And, uh, I, again, I mean, I'm more impressed with Quazy and O'Connell than I was, like, say, a month ago. When you consider who they drafted in Jaron Hall, the guy looks like he could be a quarterback in this league. Maybe a starter, maybe a backup, but either way, somebody you can put out there and not feel like, oh God, we're dead. It's over. Like Jaron Hall looked competent. And Joshua Dobbs, what a nice addition. <laughs> what a nice trade. Uh, as I didn't even talk about it, which is funny. Josh Dobbs wasn't even mentioned on the last episode of Purple Mafia other than a quarterback of the Arizona uh, Cardinals who had been benched. They benched Joshua Dobbs, and then you see him next week with the Vikings out of nowhere, literally quarterbacking the Vikings to a victory in Atlanta. So, all right. Um, one way or another, the Minnesota Vikings have a mobile, uh, mobile quarterback. If it was Jaron Hall or Josh Dobbs, it's going to be Josh Dobbs for the foreseeable future, obviously. Um, <laughs> Kirk Cousins obviously will not play another game this season. Uh, more than likely, Josh Dobbs is going to be the, uh, the quarterback. But unfortunately, this game didn't come at a cost as other people getting injured, of course. Just one thing after another. Again, a very exciting football game. But guys dropping like flies. It's just ridiculous. It's the ultimate uh, next man up, next man up, next man up. And this game literally was next man up in so many ways. Obviously, Jaron Hall was the next man up for Kirk Cousins. Uh, five of six, 78 yards, and looked very composed out there. And it's just a damn shame that he was hit... Uh, as hard as he was, you know, hit, hit, you know, to his head, you know, blow to the head, basically, um, trying to get into the end zone. Ultimately, a quarterback rating of 118.8, obviously a tiny sample size, but still a very, very impressive look. And looks like a guy that could be a really nice backup in this league, if not a starter at some point. Um, there was a trick play where it looked like Cam Akers might be gonna, maybe was going to pass the ball. That was a broken play, unfortunately. And it actually counted as a sack because Cam Akers didn't have the 
fortitude at the time, obviously because it's out of his, you know, he was out of his element to throw the ball away, simply throw the ball away, and he didn't. Unfortunately, the Vikings lost seven yards, but overall ended up uh, not being a total disaster or anything too crazy. Um, when Josh Dobbs first came in, Josh Dobbs, Joshua Dobbs, number 15 quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings, who was acquired in a very similar trade as Cam Akers. So let's get the update with the news first, the trade deadline situation, of course, that I'm actually going to comment on now. Josh Dobbs was acquired in the same form of the way Cam Akers was. We traded um, a sixth-round pick for Josh Dobbs and a seventh-round pick. So it was like a pick swap, and then we simply get Josh Dobbs, just like Cam Akers from the Rams, sixth-round pick and a seventh-rounder uh, in return. Whereas we did get a sixth-rounder back from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ezra Cleveland is no longer a member of the Minnesota Vikings. He's on his way to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Daniel Hunter does not wind up with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and why would you trade him? He's been amazing. But, again, would it be a, a means of, like, yeah, we got to kind of sort of tank, nudge, nudge, kind of get off of uh, the whole thing. We're not going to resign him, blah, blah, blah. But maybe we are going to resign him because Daniel Hunter looks absolutely phenomenal again. So that's been a great story. Um... But yeah, Jaron Hall, concussion. Uh, K.J. Osborne, massive collision. It was terrible. Looked like it should have been a, a major penalty leading to an ejection. But uh, K.J. Osborne, everybody was uh, on one knee. It was just like a sudden, almost like a car accident type of thing, getting on the cart. But then all of a sudden, there he is, standing, getting on the cart, and looking like he's you know just going to go have a glass of water or something and then go back in the game. But no, he did not go back in the game because precautionary and all that. Um, once it's ruled a concussion, that's the end of it, and that's the right thing to do. But the good news is, again, K.J. Osborne looked 100% normal, so that's awesome. Um, so our prayers were answered there. A lot of people were, again, on one knee praying for K.J. Uh, he's, and it's just, you know, kind of moving his neck around, just like looking around, just like you'd be looking around like you're sitting in a golf cart or you're sitting on a whatever, sitting there, looking around at the stadium like, okay, yeah, all right, so there's fans over there, and uh, there's the scoreboard. So I guess his neck is okay too. So that was really cool to see. So KJ Osborne, a terrifying scare for myself as a huge fan of KJ. Um, he also was <clears throat> not traded either. So, yeah, he's still a member of the Vikings. KJ Osborne survives in multiple ways. I'm sure he'll play again next week. That's my guess, but then again, you never know. With concussions, you never truly know. But um, he looked 100% normal, so that was wonderful news. Cam Akers, though, it was just like deja vu of last week with Kirk Cousins. No contact. You know what that is, right? The Achilles tendon broke, uh, yep, or popped or whatever, and then the calf went up like a curtain, you know, like the pull-down curtains as you pull them down and they go, they roll up, yeah, that kind of thing. Cam Akers out for the season, at least, well, yeah, I mean, it's an Achilles tear, so he's out for the season. That's the second Achilles tendon injury for Cam Akers. He had it the year that the Rams won the Super Bowl. I believe that was Cam's rookie year. I believe it was. Or was it his second year? I think, no, second year. Um, he played in the season opener, Achilles tear, but the fact that the Rams survived all the way to the Super Bowl, Cam Akers was available to play in the Super Bowl because it was so many months later. Pretty cool story. And Cam Akers got the ring, beating the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl. So now I've bounced around the news and such. Um, the story of the day in so many ways is Joshua Dobbs. Joshua and the Battle of Jericho. Sun stands still, whatever you want to say. But uh, great. Um, Joshua Dobbs did come in. And the opening drive was, well, it was like 
right out of the gate pretty much a fumble. Uh, Atlanta recovers the ball. That was kind of depressing, but the Vikings kept Atlanta out of the end zone by the grace of God there. That was awesome. Um, but, of course, their kicker doesn't miss anything. What has it been, like three months since he's missed a kick? So that's annoying. Koo, old Koo himself, he's make, he makes everything he kicks, and it's annoying because if he's not on your team, he's annoying. <laughs> so it just is. Um, but, again, when I was sitting and watching highlights of Josh Dobbs, leading into this week because, well, he's on the Vikings now. He's the Vikings quarterback, and, you know, his numbers were adequate, and he'd been starting games, and he'd been well thought of for the most part. And then you watch, and you're like, holy moly, that guy's mobile. And his throwing ability is not too bad either. Like, you're not like, ugh. You know, like when we used to watch Sean Mannion out there, it's like, can he complete a pass beyond 10 yards? Oh, or 15 at the very least? Maybe he can complete a 10-yard pass. Maybe 15 yards? Can, can he do it? Where guys like Dobbs and Jaron Hall, clearly, they both completed passes beyond that. Jaron Hall, beautiful, beautiful completion on that opening drive. It was great down the stretch. Um, I believe he, who did he complete that one to? I think it, now I'm blanking on who the player was. It might have been, it doesn't, yeah, I mean, it was a good play down the field. That might have been the Jordan Addison catch. But no, I think that was much later. No, that was later from Dobbs. It was a big one, huge one, that luckily was in bounds. Whew, that was a close one. Um, it was one of, yeah, I believe it was the TJ Hawkinson that kind of helped move the Vikings down the field. Uh, it was a nice completion, but Dobbs obviously showing the arm a bit as well in the game. And his mobility is incredible. Um, Jaron Hall's mobile, but Josh Dobbs is even more mobile. Like Jaron Hall, as he was running to the end zone, I think if it was Dobbs, he would have actually got in and maybe wouldn't have gotten hit, but who knows? Or maybe it wouldn't have been hit enough, though. It would have been a concussion. But Dobbs' mobility is absolutely nuts. Um, so the Vikings have a mobile quarterback. And I know it's an injury risk, like with Culpepper. You know, I mean, the Vikings have not had a whole lot of mobile quarterbacks for a very long time. Uh, Ponder was mobile, but not that mobile. Like, he, he was mobile, but it just seemed like he would, he would always, like, he just wouldn't quite get there. You know what I mean? If it was the end zone or a first down or whatever. He'd get it sometimes, but not that much. And it was like, damn it, he'd always kind of miss it by the slightest margin. Where Dobbs, it's almost like, oh yeah, he's going to get it. Like He's got this explosiveness to his game, to his to his uh, athletic ability. But he can also complete passes. He did complete two-thirds of his passes, which isn't the sexiest completion percentage of all time. 6-6.6. It's obviously a very evil number, so we'll get off of that. 20 of 30 in his attempts. But yeah, Jaron Hall... Again, it's nice to see that Jaron Hall isn't up there just being a uh, 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 designated handoff guy. You know what I mean? Like, victory formation, or we're just going to kneel down or hand the ball off. Like, don't throw the ball. Just don't. So, both of these quarterbacks, the coaches are confident and ca uh, are confident in their capabilities and also getting more creative with the plays. So, I don't know if Kirk was just kind of like a... I don't know if he's just too... He, he just kind of like almost like dictates the way the offense is run or what and it's kind of like been ultra conservative most of the time even though Kirk Cousins has the ability to make deep passes and make completions and his accuracy is incredible but you're seeing more creativity in this offense now so this is it's fun it's fun to watch uh, the offense was becoming creative and it was improving in a big way uh, that's why Kirk was as people were saying balling the last few weeks he was absolutely balling out there against San Francisco and Green Bay. And even the week before, arguably, Kirk Cousins was pretty good, despite the numbers weren't so spectacular. 
nah, the Chicago game sucked. Never mind. But you had some moments in that game. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> Cam Akers is joining Kirk Cousins in the Achilles uh, camp. Unfortunately, the Achilles camp, I don't know. It's, I'm not trying to make light of it. It really sucks, and it's sad and depressing. Uh, Josh Dobbs did leave the Vikings in rushing with 66 yards and 7 carries, a 22-yard long, which was a game-changing moment when the Vikings were trailing. Josh Dobbs got about the biggest first down of the year, quite honestly. It's a road game. It's two backup quarterbacks and everything, but road games are not easy. The Vikings have not been spectacular in Atlanta, and t today felt like a loss the whole time, really, until you just Josh Dobbs started really kind of coming into his own out there, becoming more and more comfortable in this offense. And again, the fact it's not even been a week, not even a week that he's had the purple on. Um, Sam Bradford was an incredible study, but he didn't suit up for the Vikings, you know, when he first, uh, the first week that he was here. But Josh Dobbs had to because of the injury to Jaron Hall and the fact that, again, somebody with his uh, intellectual abilities, holy crap, uh, I like him. <laughs> I like Josh Dobbs quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> quarterback of the future? I it's like long-term, probably not. Short-term, absolutely. Uh, but Jaron Hall's ever capable of doing the same thing. Homer Simpson's chasing a radioactive donut. That's smart. But that's Homer Simpson. Um, it's a donut, and it, if it's radioactive or not, he still wants it. So now it's going under... Uh, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm watching <laughs> this out in the background. Homer Simpson in the... What is it? The Treehouse of Horror. Um, yeah, he always, yeah, he always eats like a something, some kind of bad donut in these, in these, uh, shows. <laughs> in the, the Treehouse of Horror, sorry. Oh, I had to see that. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, hopefully K.J. Osborne's going to be okay and able to play next week. Otherwise, maybe he's off for a week with a concussion. Cam Akers will, there's a chance he may never wear a Viking jersey again. He's going to play again. Oh, I'm sure. Um, if, if, uh. When you have guys like uh, Jordan Hicks, who's had multiple Achilles, and he's as good as he is at the linebacker position, surely, uh, surely Cam Akers will return. I thought he was very underutilized with the Vikings this year, and it's it's a damn shame. So, like it or not, it's Alexander Madison or bust. Oh goody, oh goody. But we'll probably see Ty Chandler. Now we're going to have to see Ty Chandler because Kenny Nwangwu might have a hangnail and never play again. I, I don't know. I'm getting sick of him. Maybe we should have traded for. Uh, seventh round pick for Cordero Patterson or something or Cash. They surely don't use him in Atlanta at all, but he's also 32 years old, which in the running back world is like 99 years old. Um, Josh Dobbs, though, again, very clutch, uh, cold-blooded, as PA would say. Um, I like what I saw. I, I, I like what I saw. The, the guy's a gamer. He is a gamer, and he's an ever-capable backup spot starter type of a quarterback. I would call him a spot starter. I don't even think he's a backup. I think he's more of a spot starter, kind of like uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick type. That might be a crazy co uh, comparison. But of but Josh Dobbs, I, I think he's going to make money in this league. I think he's going to play many games in this league. And, and after today, he absolutely will. When you have a capable offense with weapons and uh, coaches that can, uh, again, adjust to his style rather than they afford, they're forced to... Um, uh, he's forced to adjust to their style. That's kind of the difference in the past with other coaches. Like, they're going to play on our system regardless of what type of quarterback he is, if he's mobile or not. Uh, Josh Dobbs could have some pretty good success with this team. 
Uh, <laughs> and the way he played today, you know, obviously he had two fumbles and, and all the safety and all that, but he was kind of still getting comfortable in his skin. It was a weird, weird situation uh, coming out there. It's You can't expect anybody to go out there and be successful when you've literally been on the roster for like 72 hours. This is the NFL these are this is professional offense and all that. It's a professional NFL offense, regardless of how you think of how it's run, particularly in the first two games of the season. But um, he adjusted, him being Josh Dobbs, adjusted so nicely to uh, to what was in front of him, and you know, and the coaches also catered to what Joshua Dobbs' strengths are, and this could be a beautiful relationship. Uh, how long is it going to last? Who knows? But it could be something special. It could be something special. We might uh, even have a winning record. We actually have a winning record now, and there's a pretty good chance this team will have a winning record and make the postseason. And um, you never know. <laughs> you just never know. Crazier things have happened. We saw Nick Foles lead the Eagles to a Super Bowl title. I'm not predicting Josh Dobbs leading the Vikings to their first ever Super Bowl, but again, stranger things have happened. I mean, uh, Jeff Hostetler led the, the Giants to a Super Bowl title. Good backup quarterback. Phil Simms was hurt. Um, Steve Young was once a backup quarterback. And, uh, well, look what he turned into. Holy crap. Uh, Tom Brady was a six-round pick. You could go on forever with that one, of course. Uh, a lot of guys were backup quarterbacks and ended up being pretty good. Kirk Cousins was a, was a backup quarterback. He was drafted to be a backup in the same draft as uh, RG3. It was kind of a weird situation. But... Um, that's why you like that happen, because it's like, yeah, I'm better than you think, damn it. You like that? So, well, Josh Dobbs might be better than a lot of people thought as well. He certainly has uh, <laughs> certainly has an athletic ability. That's something that we don't have. A, we, we, we haven't had a whole lot here. Culpepper could run. He was tough and strong, but he didn't have the explosiveness that Josh Dobbs does bring. So, very exciting. Um, those third and long type of deals, like third and seven, or whatever, could end up, you know, seeing Josh Dobbs, you know, fake a pass and then just take off and then go for 9 to 10, 12 yards, whatever, and get that first down that you would have never seen out of Kirk Cousins. So you lose Cam Akers, which is really sad and unfortunate. And, you know, I've I mentioned that 15 times already. But, yeah, it's sad. It's disappointing. But, I mean, at least you gain Josh Dobbs, I guess, in the running game. In a lot of ways, you, you kind of do, because it certainly didn't exist with Kirk Cousins. Uh, TJ Hawkinson was targeted 12 times, 7 catches. Not every pass was 100% accurate. <clears throat> it was what it was. It, they, they were close. They were this. They were that. I think one of the, yeah, I, I think it could have been Jaron Hall's first uh, career touchdown real early to TJ Hawkinson. Unfortunately, the pass wasn't quite where he, where he wanted it, but it's okay. It's one of those kind of things. Jordan Addison, big, big play, though. <clears throat> Very close, but was in bounds by the grace of God, and that was a huge, huge uh, game-changing moment. If Jordan Addison was called out of bounds, the Vikings could have lost the game. Um, Alexander Madison, the 47-yard play. Oh, my goodness, the catch-and-go. That was absolutely gorgeous. Again, and it brought the numbers up for sure. Uh, huge moment, no doubt about it, and it really helped the Vikings down the stretch in so many ways. Brandon Powell, former Atlanta Falcon, got the game-winning touchdown from Josh Dobbs after that big 22-yard run to get the first down. That drive would end with a touchdown to Brandon Powell. And thankfully, that Vikings defense, which was good most of the day, 
um, and was put in some very inopportune uh, positions with the fumbling around, you know, in the red zone and the safety and this and that. Ugh, it's freaking frustrating. It's like, yay, we got the ball and we're kicking it back to the other team because we just got a safety. That's terrific. Uh, again, fumbling in the red zone. <clears throat> so it was a rough day. Generally speaking, uh, the, the defense got very tired. They weren't able to stop the run late in the game, but uh, much late. I mean, in the later stages of the game. But in the end, they made the big stop that mattered most. As they say, like, who won the game? The defense won the game at the end of the day. But Josh Dobbs, in a lot of ways, won the game as well. Willing this team to victory and did a hell of a job. Did an absolute hell of a job. The first quarterback in franchise history to uh, lead his team on an opening drive in, uh, in his first game with the Minnesota Vikings. So he's the first quarterback in franchise history to do that, uh, to lead his team. <laughs> yeah, like I just said. Uh, in the first, in a, to a game-winning drive in his first game. So, insanely impressive. Taylor Heineke had a few moments. Ultimately, had an interception and was stopped at some big times some incomplete passes. Taylor Heineke is a very capable player, but he's certainly beatable as well. And that was the saving grace in this game. Byron Murphy Jr. had maybe his best game as a Viking. He had struggled all season, but ultimately got the job done. Greg Joseph did make all of his kicks. That's great. It's actually very great. Uh, as did Young Hoo Koo, who absolutely destroyed us over and over and over again. 40, a 48-yard extra point as well because of a 15-yard penalty after a touchdown late in the game. It was kind of funny. Um, that was what put the, uh, again, the Eagles up, the Eagles, the Falcons up by four. But thankfully, Josh Dobbs will lead the Vikings on a game-winning drive. And the Vikings defense would stop the uh, the Falcons on a 22-second possible uh, at least field goal tying drive type of thing. But uh, both kickers made everything um, great. <clears throat> no touchbacks for Ryan Wright. And Bradley Pinion did have a touchback, but had a couple in the 20 as well. So definitely not that bad of a game. Overall, very fun, entertaining, very enjoyable day. The Vikings defense, again, de definitely showed up to play and it was greatly appreciated. Byron Murphy Jr. was very solid in the game. Very solid. Daniil Hunter had nine tackles. Incredible numbers for Devine's, uh, for the position he plays. Uh, Jordan Hicks, though, 11 total tackles and the sack. That was a huge day. A um, couple of pass deflections for Byron Murphy Jr., yep, including the interception. Uh, Blackman, again, only one tackle. Again, they, Blackman is one of those quiet, quiet cornerbacks that does a really good job. Um, and he's going to be with the Vikings for many years, at least I would think so. Uh, Jay Ward also, though, third time this season where he had a crucial penalty on a, on a field goal attempt. So, getting ridiculous here. So, it's got to stop from Jay Ward. Otherwise, he's going to wind up getting cut. And a lot of people have been thinking that could happen at the end of the day. Uh, Theo Jackson also was, uh, also emerged a bit with a couple of more. Tristan Jackson, sorry, emerged a little bit. We had, a, had, a decent, <laughs> had an important catch for a short first down at one point in the game. But um, with that said, the Fran Tarkington Award winner for this episode has got to be Joshua Dobbs. Even though it could be somebody on the defense, and there's defensive players that deserve recognition. Obviously, Jordan Hicks, Byron Murphy Jr., Daniel Hunter, spectacular in the game. Wanham has been kind of disappointing off and on during the course of the year. But uh, Joshua Dobbs is going to get the uh, Fran Tarkington Award for the way he willed this team to victory as the game progressed. Loved what Josh Dobbs did. The uh, Christian Pounder Memorial 
I don't know. Uh, injury bug, damn it. it. It's just driving me nuts. I'm not mad at Metellus. Uh, Cam Akers, I mean, gosh, it's it's the Achilles tendon of Cam Akers and uh, Kirk Cousins, generally speaking. I, I don't know. I, I don't really have any major thing. Okay, Jay Ward. Jay Ward has to get it because he can't he can't stop getting stupid penalties uh, on special teams. It's extremely frustrating, and it could cost you a game. And Jay Ward, he better stop, or that's it. That's his third penalty. So Jay Ward will bring in the Christian Ponder Memorial for this episode. With that, we'll take a quick break and return for looking around the league and talking about the Sainty Dainties coming up. And we are back here on Purple Mafia segment number two. Time to look around the league. I'll try to again stop with the babbling and keep moving. And of course, we're going to be previewing the uh, Saints coming up. At least I think we are, right? (laughs) Yes, New Orleans Saints, Vikings history against them has been pretty positive. We'll get to that. But obviously, there's been a very depressing... uh, it was a very depressing game many years ago that uh, affected us for the rest of our life. Those of us that got to see it, epic, epic Sunday night football game flashing in the background. Josh Allen versus Joe Burrow. You know who those guys are, Cincinnati and Buffalo. Woo-wee. Is that a preview of the AFC title game? We'll see. Maybe, maybe not. I know I liked uh, Josh Allen's, uh, I like Josh Allen's college much more than Joe Burrow. Never been an LSU guy. Absolutely love Wyoming to a point. I actually have their hat. I'm looking at it right now. Looking at that Wyoming hat right here. Wyoming Cowboys. They're the only Cowboys I like. I'm banging the banging the uh, microphone with the hat. The hat's in perfect condition because I don't wear it all that much. I just have it and take good care of it. And I do wear it sometimes. The Wyoming Cowboys. Because I love everything about the state of Wyoming. Everything except maybe a, a certain, yeah. Yeah, we'll leave that alone. certain politician that really isn't what she says she is. We'll leave that as is. Anyhow, <clears throat> you guys can probably guess who it is, those of you that listen to Freedom of Thought. Uh, let's start looking at the games here before hell freezes over. Washington and New England, well, did hell freeze over in this game? I don't know. The Washington Commanders beat the Patriots. Oh, here we go again. There you go again. There you go again, and here I go again. Enough of that. Kaboom. I keep making the same mistake every single time week. And I deeply apologize. Okay, 20 to 17 that Washington Commanders jump up to 4 and 5. Supposedly Bill Belichick, the the rumors are out there that Bill Belichick will be the next coach of the Washington Commanders. Um, I think Ron Rivera's done a decent job considering, I I don't know, maybe he's not great, but I think he's okay. Um, I don't know. But Washington beat the Patriots. The Patriots dropped to 2 and 7. We'll see what happens there. Both quarterbacks, one touchdown, one interception. Sam Howell was definitely the better of the two, but both of them attempted 40, uh, 45 passes, basically. Uh, Mac Jones attempted 44, but it's way over the top. Like, what the heck? It wasn't really a pretty game at all. Lots of incomplete passes. Luckily, only one interception each. But um, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot else to say. I mean, uh, ah, you know what I mean? Washington isn't having a good season, so... 
we're going to keep moving if humanly possible. Tennessee and Pittsburgh, kind of a black and blue type of game. Will Levis, not quite the dazzling performance he had last week with four touchdowns starting out his career on a wonderful pace there. No touchdowns in that INT. He was also sacked four times by the Pittsburgh defense. Kenny Pickett, in his second year, he threw for a single touchdown. Mediocre kind of a football game, really, overall. This, I don't know, this just back-to-back games that were just kind of meh. Um, not even 40 points combined between the two teams. It's just, eh. It, it is what it is, though, but at least the defense showed up to play. Derrick Henry, actually pretty good. Not his bell cow-like numbers, but solid. Um, consistent. Four and a half yards a carry. I mean, I'll, I'll take that anytime. 75 yards and 17 carries. And only 15 for a long. Just solid, you know. Um, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren shared the ball quite a bit. Jalen Warren had a pretty, pretty good game, though. Eight yards a carry for 88 yards. That's pretty damn good. Najee Harris about half of that, but uh, still had but had well more carries for 69 yards. Not bad, though. Uh, Deontay Johnson of Pittsburgh with a touchdown on nine catches for 90 yards. Kyle Phillips and DeAndre Hopkins bringing in four catches. 68 yards for Phillips and 60 for DeAndre Hopkins. We'll see. Tennessee drops to 3-5. and five. Not sure what to say there. 0-4 on the road. Pittsburgh's 5-3 and three and knocking on the door of the postseason, and they probably will be playing on wildcard weekend. After that, I don't know. <sighs> What's the word? I don't even know. <sighs> I should have a German word in my head. Heck, I'm part German. I'm like, what? Uh, my mom, I think, is... I don't know if she's half or one-third German. So I'm half of that, basically. I'm either... 25% or like 20% is German, and I can't think of any words, which is really depressing. Uh, last week, Patrick Mahomes was limited to very, very low numbers. Today as well, only 185 yards, but made the plays he needed to. The Miami defense is pretty good. A very low-scoring football game when you consider Tua and Patrick Mahomes are the two quarterbacks in this game. Guys that are capable of throwing for 400 yards and four touchdowns any given week. But the stinking, annoying, stupid Chiefs Won the game 21-14. to They took an early lead. Miami made a comeback in the third quarter and then didn't do anything in the fourth. The Chiefs didn't score a single point in the second half and Miami just could not close the lead. They just could not close the lead. And the Chiefs win 21-14 to in Frankfurt. NFL Frankfurt. So, first game in Germany now. So, I have no problem with that at all. Um, Moritz Bowringer was with the Vikings, drafted by the Vikings, but never played a game. Unfortunately, it was kind of like a six-round pick for what the hell. Um, but we still haven't won a Super Bowl, so when's it going to be our turn? I don't know. I'm just bitter about that, I guess. Uh, and I'm not happy to see the Chiefs win. You never know. This could be a huge playoff game down the line, a divisional round or conference final or something. Might be division round the way this is setting up. Um, damn it. I, yeah, disappointing. Miami had all the opportunity in the world to come back and win this game, but they didn't, unfortunately. They just didn't do it. 21-14, the freaking Chiefs win, and that's all. I mean, I didn't hear anything about what's-her-name, and I wasn't paying close enough attention to find out if they talked about what's-her-name, and I don't care. Where is he who shall not be named? I don't think he... Oh, yeah, he played, but barely. Yeah, three catches, 14 yards. 14 yards, yay. Just go away. <laughs> that's all I want to say. Just go away. Baltimore. Baltimore. 37. Seattle? 3. Baltimore, 7-2, and two, just like the Kansas City Chiefs. So if anybody might knock the Chiefs off, maybe it's Baltimore. They're really starting to look like something. 
And there's another AFC team that's really kicking some butt, too. It was a weak opponent, but still. Seahawks. Do you realize the Seahawks were 5-2 and two coming into this game? It's, it feels like a mistake. Seahawks 5-2? and two? They dropped to 5-3 and three and lose 37-3. to Kind of like the Vikings and Cowboys last year after that beautiful, beautiful Buffalo win. Man, this is a high-scoring football game. 7-6 Cincinnati. Uh, well, high-scoring in the first quarter. It's now tied up. Buffalo has tied up the game. Congratulations to Wyoming's own, well, Josh Allen. At least he's the quarterback for them. Anyhow, uh, Geno Smith, not a good game, really. No, just nothing special. Just had an interception. Lamar Jackson only threw for 187 yards and no touchdowns. Tyler Huntley came in and threw a touchdown again. Um, probably just precautionary, just be careful. Why leave him out there when you're blowing the leave and bleep out of the uh, Seahawks? And he's been injured so many times as Lamar. And he's a franchise player, at least kind of, sort of, even though he doesn't throw for many touchdowns, I guess. Sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. That uh, Baltimore defense really busted up the uh, Seattle Seahawks big time. Um, Kyle Van Noy with two sacks. Odefe Owe with a sack. Justin, uh, these don't get any easier. Matabuke. Oh, boy. And this guy in supercalifragilisticexpialidocious as well. Okay, just kidding. Um, kind of a weird, crazy game, but Baltimore crushed Seattle, and that's pretty much all you need to know at this stage. 7-2 and two on the season, Baltimore, with the same record as the Chiefs. Go get them, Baltimore. I anybody but the Chiefs. A-B-K-C. A anybody but Kansas City. Beep, beep, beep. Anyhow. <laughs> Cleveland, 27. Arizona, nothing. See, when I jump in the score real early, that means it's probably going to be a blowout. 27 to nothing. Arizona, 1-8. One, uh, one That's the Jops, Joshua Dobbs curse. He leads the Vikings to a comeback victory out of nowhere against Atlanta, who is not a great team, but a dangerous team at times. Deshaun Watson plays again for Cleveland, and they're 5-3. 4-1 at home. Vince Germano, if you're listening, alright, good. Keep it up, Cleveland. I'd love to see you guys get the job done. I'd love to. Clayton Toon was not singing the right tune in this game for Arizona. About 50% completion, 48 yards. Four, no, 58 yards, pardon me, and they were playing from behind. Quarterback rating of 20.8 is the Josh Dobbs curse on the Arizona Cardinals. Because once Josh Dobbs leaves, Arizona Dobbs leaves Arizona. Doesn't score a stinking point. Cleveland's defense is pretty awesome, though, to be fair. Amari Cooper, the former Cowboy, 139 yards with a TD on only five Catches Deshaun Watson and Cooper. Watson, elementary, my dear Watson, and Mr. Cooper was dominant over Arizona in a big way. Okay, I don't know which accent I'm even trying to go, if it's British or Australian. British is more like this, and Aussie's more like this. Aussie's more like this, my this, might this, not this. <laughs> this. So, let's keep going. Um, yeah. Aussie's a little more laid back sound, and where British is a little bit more tight around the collar, if you didn't notice. <coughs> Sorry. Kareem Hunt, 38 yards. Jerome Ford, whoever that is, with two yards a carry for Cleveland on 20 carries. Impressive. Not. But anyway, Arizona sucks so bad, who cares? They're probably just trying to run the clock out and get out of there without more people getting injured. Because in this day and age... Uh, it's like a guy takes a step on the field and pop, something went wrong. Big time. It sucks. Uh, let's keep going. Houston over 
Tampa Bay, 39-37. Whoa. Whoa-hoo. Wow. Uh, wow. C.J. Stroud, rookie. You know he's a rookie, right? The rookie quarterback? You remember how Tampa Bay made us look like kind of like idiots and stuff? It was mostly their, uh, you know, the, the Vikings defense was just kind of confused and a mess out there. Kind of, sort of. Well, and then Tampa made some decent plays and Cousins kind of stunk in the game and he was kind of nervous. C.J. Stroud is a rookie quarterback. 470 yards. Yep. Yep. 470 yards. 30 completions to on only 42 attempts only. But you get the idea how incredibly accurate that is. Ah, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Yep. Yep. That is pretty epic. Baker Mayfield, I have to congratulate you about something. You kept that peanut butter, or you kept the uh, grape jelly off your shirt this week. Congratulations. No interceptions for Breaker Mayfield, but unfortunately, C.J. Stroud was just too damn good, and it didn't matter. Tampa Bay was epic, spectacular, but Houston was better in the end, and they get they get their fourth win of the year. Tampa drops to 3-5, and five, unfortunately. Houston's 3-1 and one at home, and don't look now, they might be a threat in the AFC. They just might, and C.J. Stroud is nice to see. It's nice to see after the last couple of years of Houston falling off the face of the earth and having to deal with the whole Deshaun Watson uh, de depression, basically, um, is depressing enough. The guy comes out, looks so good, like so good, and then he has an ACL. And then, you know, then they win a playoff game, and then next thing you know, yeah, like the next year they win a playoff game after he kind of had a slow start, him being Deshaun Watson. And then next thing you know, all this stuff is coming out, and Deshaun Watson is, you know, like suspended until hell freezes over. And ultimately, signs for a billion dollars with Cleveland and, and all that. Um, ah, I don't know, but nice to see Houston uh, having some success. And I made one mistake this past week. Okay, the state of Texas has 17, 17 major sport championships. You know, the core four. Base, football, baseball, basketball, hockey. 15 of them have been, my, have been in my lifetime. The first two were both by the Dallas Cowboys in the 1970s with, uh, you know, what's his name? Um... Roger Staubach, the original captain, comeback as the quarterback for those two. Much more likable team than, you know, they've been ever since. We'll just leave that as is. Uh, except for that stupid push-off by Drew Pearson, but that's for a story for another day, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but I talked about how, see, when the Texas Rangers won the World Series this past week, congratulations, by the way, that's the 17th championship for the state of Texas. The Rangers... And I was saying how the Rangers were the last team in that state to win a championship. Like, they were the last team with no titles to finally get one. No, the Houston Texans and the Houston Oilers didn't, never won the Super Bowl. So, that's one mistake. So, the Houston Texans or Oilers have never won the Super Bowl. Um, so, that's important at the very least. So, and if the Houston Texans ever play the Tennessee Titans, that's the Oiler Bowl. Just like the Brown Bowl is when it's Baltimore and Cleveland. And the Colt Bowl. Okay, let's move on. Baltimore versus Indianapolis. Let's move on. Sorry. <laughs> but in a very impressive win for Houston, and they are the only major professional team in Texas that has no championships yet. But they are also the newest team in Texas. Yep, even the stinking Dallas Stars won the Super Bowl, or Stanley Cup, sorry. Much to our chagrin. I enjoyed it at the time, back in 99. But a year later, when the Wild came around, it's like, why do I, why did I ever like that team? Bleep them. Because, well, see, I love the North Stars, but they weren't the North Stars anymore. So, what's to like? Packers, can't review that yet. Bears and Saints is the last of all. 
Oh, God. Colts and Panthers. Colts actually won a game finally. It took them half their life, and the Panthers lose their seventh game of the year. Oh, yeah, and the Raiders fire Josh <laughs> McDaniels. What a shocker there. Okay, Gardner Minshew. No interceptions. Good job. Bryce Young back to struggling after a great game last week. Great game for the Carolina Panthers. He actually beat C.J. Stroud last week. Do you realize how impressive that is? Yeah, considering what C.J. Stroud did the next week. Bryce Young, far inferior this week. Indianapolis trying to hang on, and they're 3-1 and one on the road. That's pretty good. Gardner Minshew, yep, they're 4-5 they're and five overall. Not a very exciting game generally, but the Colts got the job done. That's kind of what matters most. Uh, good defense, honestly, by the, uh, yeah, lots of sacks and then the multiple interceptions as well. Very well played. Yep, three interceptions by the Colts. Gosh, two of them were pick sixes. What do you think of that? Kenny Moore with multiple pick sixes in the game. That's the Peyton Manning Award for the Indianapolis Colts or the uh, Johnny Unitas Award. Man, they've had some pretty legendary quarterbacks. But that was Baltimore back then, the Baltimore Colts. So Indianapolis, that would definitely be um, Peyton Manning who did win a championship with the Colts in 2006 over the Bears. Let's keep moving for the sake of time. Ah, uh, and I'm getting a gray screen. Oh my goodness, please stop this torture. Yeah, because I don't want to talk for five hours about the Colts and the whatever they are, the Panthers. Raiders, after firing Josh McDaniels and getting beat last week by, was it, the, yeah, it was just not a good week for the Raiders last week. Didn't they get beat by the Bears or something? It was real bad. It was kind of funny. Aiden O'Connell, any relation to Kevin? Probably not. Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito, no relation to Danny, at least not that I know of. Not good. And the other Danny, Daniel Jones, not good. The Giants lose 30-6 to to the Raiders. They make two field goals in the fourth quarter. Congratulations, Giants. The New York Nephilim are flooded again. Okay, sorry, that was mean. That was really mean. Too soon? It was only 4,000 years ago, but the Nephilim were flooded. Yes. Three sacks by, sorry, Max Crosby woof, of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Impressive. Rolling the dice and all that. Um, the Raiders go to 4-5. and five. They're mediocre, but they kicked the Giants' butt, and the Giants dropped to 2-7. and seven. Ever since that close loss to Buffalo a few weeks ago, the Giants have fallen off the face of the earth. That was kind of like, bleep this, our season's over, we're done. And that's kind of been the vibe in New York. I think they're well-coached, but they're just not good. They suck, and... Signing uh, Daniel Jones to a big contract was one of the biggest mistakes they'll ever make. In fact, it might be the last mistake they ever make, if that's the GM and all that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Eagles outlast the Cowboys in a very, very close game. That was pretty entertaining. That one kind of dragged on to about 6.30 there. It was a long one. But the Eagles outlasted the Cowboys by the skin of their teeth. There were a few close, close calls. Guy stepping out of bounds. Was he over this? Was he over the pylon? Was he doing this? Did he do that? Dak Prescott, nice sexy numbers, but the Cowboys lose 28-23 to to the Eagles, who are now 8-1 and and might be the best team in the world. They are 4-0 and at home. They might be the best team in the world. And you know what? If it's a rematch of the Super Bowl, you know whose side I'm on. It ain't the Chiefs. And it wasn't the Chiefs last year either. Dak Prescott, again, great numbers, but, and yep, and no interceptions, but ultimately could not finish the job. C.A. Lamb was pretty much tackled on the goal line, which would have potentially been a game-winning touchdown. It was right about the goal line. 
C.D. Lamb with 191 yards, but did not get in the end zone at all in the game. And again, was tackled, I believe it was like the one or two yard line as there, there, you know, C.D. Lamb was open enough to make the play, make the catch and all that, you know, for Dak Prescott to complete the pass. But again, could not get past the Eagle defenders. Great, great open field tackle. Um, and the Philadelphia Eagles escape eight with an 8-1 record. Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott, no interceptions. Incredible accuracy for both guys. Well, not credible for Dak. He was uh, trying to keep the, get the Cowboys back in the game and all that. Um, 44 attempts. I mean, 29 of 44 is pretty damn good, though. I'd take that any day of the week. 17 of 23. Jalen Hurts, again, insanely efficient in the game. Quarterback rating of 130.2. Eagles just get the job done, and that defense really stood strong when they needed to, despite giving up a bunch of yards to Dak Prescott in the air. C.D. La Lamb, an amazing wide receiver for the Cowboys. Um, but ultimately, the Eagles get the win, and they might be the best team on the planet at the moment. Cincinnati has scored again, looking to go up 14-7 to over Buffalo in Cincinnati, the, the, the real Burrowhead Stadium. No, I'm kidding. Oh, Burrowhead, yes, please. If it's Cincinnati, Kansas City again, Burrowhead all the way. Burrowhead my ass. Uh, Travis Kelsey my ass. Get the heck out of my face, you loudmouth imbecile. Anyhow, who do the Rams play? The Packers. The Packers still exist. They actually won a game. We'll talk about them next. Yeah, Detroit's on the bye, right? Yep. So bye week, the Denver Broncos. After, yeah, I don't know, whatever they did. The Detroit Lions. San Francisco 49ers and the Jacksonville Jaguars with Ezra Cleveland. So he has to wait an extra week to uh, play his first game with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Monday Night Football is the Chargers and Jets. Exciting stuff. Well, if you like the Jets. Actually, the Chargers are fun to watch because of Justin Herbert. But um, yeah, the Jets offense not so good. Their defense is real good. Uh, if you didn't know that already. Packers 20-3 over the Rams who look like crud. Um... It looked like crud just last week against us and against the Denver Broncos the previous week. And we get the infamous gray, gray screen here. Brett Ripien, related to Mark Ripien, who quarterbacked the uh, Washington Redskins to a Super Bowl title. See, that's the other backup quarterback. He was the backup quarterback for Washington when they won the Super Bowl comfortably over Buffalo in the Metrodome. So that was, of course, the uh, January 92, the 91 season. Brett Ripien. Brett Ripien. Yeah, I've said his name like 16 times. I apologize. He did play for the, uh, Mark Ripien anyway, did play for the Rams as well. In Los Angeles when they had the old uniforms and it was, you know, the mid-90s or whatever before they moved to St. Louis. Um, not a very exciting game necessarily, but Jordan Love did not turn the ball over, at least not with an interception. Uh -huh. But good for him. Um, yep, good job Green Bay not turning the ball over. So, good job <laughs> in a big way. Uh, Jordan Love was tackled quite a bit, or stacked quite a bit anyway. A couple of stacks for Byron Young of the L.A. Rams, who do have a good pass rush, but, um, eh, you know, <laughs> they kind of are what they are. The Rams are 3-6, and six, and they only scored three points in the game. Brett Ripien at quarterback, nothing exciting to talk about there. And uh, Jordan Love was a little better. You know, obviously 20 of 26 is pretty good. The actual stat of completion percentage is good. Nothing exciting to watch, though, but good enough and beat a crappy Rams team, and it's as simple as that. So the final game to look at is now the Bears and the Saints, which, of course, does involve the Minnesota Vikings game going into the next week. 
Okay, I thought it was going to come here. And I'm losing it. There they are. The Saints win 24-17 over the Bits, and they have a winning record just like the Vikings. 5-4, and four, both teams who looked pretty mediocre most year, most of the season. The Vikings looked awful for a while, considering what the expectations were. Coming into the season, oh boy. I'm going to be splashing all over myself here. I was taking a sip of coffee. It took a little too much here. And I, ugh, don't you just love when that happens? Oof. Um, free plug for Kingdom Coffee, though. Obviously, it's a, it's a Christian uh, coffee shop in Brooklyn Park, I believe, or Maple Grove. But you can always Google it if you live in the Twin Cities, I suppose. If you'd like to support a Christian coffee shop, yes. New Orleans Saints, 5-4. and four. They're 2-2 two and two at home. The Bears dropped to 2-7 and seven and are, you know, are totally fine with where they're at because they want to keep rebuilding, which is, again, totally fine. Though they did bring in Sweat, um, Montez Sweat. I believe for just uh, for, for a second-round pick out of Washington, as uh, and they signed him to a long-term deal as well, just a couple days later. So, yes, um, there is a plan in Chicago, and it's, you know, it's not a bad acquisition. Not a bad acquisition at all. Um obviously a hell of a player for Washington. That's probably one of the reasons Washington's just a little bit weaker and weaker as that might feel like they're tanking a little bit, but I don't know. Washington's not really going anywhere. Tyson Bagent, 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 threw three interceptions and two touchdowns, 220 yards. Derek Carr, who will be our opponent next week, no interceptions. Good for him. And Taysom Hill also on a play three-yard touchdown pass. And that's the only pass he attempted. So we get to see the annoying Taysom Hill again. Derek Carr, 211 yards, no interceptions, two touchdowns. Good for him. And notice I'm saying no interceptions before anything else. Alvin Kamara, I, was it the last time we played the Saints that he had six touchdowns, or do we play them since? Six fricking, fricking touchdowns. And I believe that was Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. It was Christmas, definitely. And we were definitely in the season of giving, and that was not the last time we played. It was Christmas Day. 52 to 33, but the Vikings did win. That's right, last season, of course. Um, yeah, that's right. Allen, his first year as the uh, coach of the um, uh, Saints. It was, a, it was a close back and forth kind of game. Derek Carr wasn't the quarterback yet. I believe that was Andy Dalton. They finally beat Andy Bleeping Dalton. It took like 50 tries. Jeez, it did. Uh, the overall record with these two teams 24 13 and 0. The Vikings undefeated in the playoffs versus the Saints, except the most important one of all, the 2009 NFC Championship game, which will haunt and piss us off for the rest of eternity. Why? That's all I gotta say. You lose 31 to 28 against a team that could pass for 600 yards, you know, rush for another 150, and you you outplay them to the level you do, except for the fact you turn the ball over like five effing times in that game, including one at the goal line. Five effing times. And you and you I mean, we outplayed them to that level, but found a way to lose because of that many turnovers. Uh, and then, obviously, just couldn't make a stinking stop. And back then, you know, that was the last year ever where a field goal would end overtime on, the, on an opening drive, that the other team wouldn't get another chance. Funny how that works out, how they finally change it the next year. And um, we've never been in that position since. We've been waiting for the last, I don't know, 13 years. Oh, yeah, we went to the NFC title game again in 2017 and got our asses handed to us after scoring on the opening drive. Oh, yeah, we scored in the opening drive, but 
didn't do anything the rest of the game. I mean, the Eagles, you know, threw all over us with that stupid option play. They made us look like clowns, and we kind of were clowns. Anyhow, but an impressive road win back in 87. Well, you know, it was the 87 season, but January 3rd, 88, 44-10. Made the Saints look like dog dookie. Our playoff success was pretty good against this club overall, but doesn't matter now. <laughs> what good did it do us? Well, we got to the NFC title game that year. It was fun. Wade Wilson was quite a story. It's funny. He didn't. He barely completed 50% of his passes, but was so efficient in the plays he did make. Um, his quarterback rating was still 120, which is crazy. Allen Rice threw for a touchdown for the Vikings in one play. Cool. Bobby Herbert. Bobby Herbert was the quarterback? Interesting. Or Bobby Hebert, pardon me, was the quarterback of the Saints. Dave Wilson, yeah, he was pathetic. Two completions and 12 attempts. God, that's a weird team. They threw four interceptions. The Vikings defense made them look like fools from hell. Um, man, very exciting, though. It's a damn shame. It's an awesome game, though. And then what the Vikings did the next week in San Francisco was even more impressive. Oh, man, the memories. The Vikings' uh, record against the Saints was pretty epic in the whole 70s. The uh, history between these, teams, these two teams started in 1968 when the Saints came in the league, and they beat the Vikings on a miracle from God, 20-17, uh, to 17 in New Orleans. And then after that, the Vikings went on a six-game win streak that we lost by a touchdown in 1978, all those years later when all the Purple People leaders were getting much older and all that, and Tarkington was in his final season. That was the season opener of that year. What a disappointment, losing to the Saints, but we did. Yep. Then it was a bit of a back and forth, two wins, two losses, then a four-game win streak, then two losing streak. Oh, I remember that 93 game. What a frustration. That was so annoying. I'm trying to remember. I think it was a, was it a kick return or something? God, I remember. Yeah, yep, yep, Tyron Hughes. 99 yards, I remember. Oh, yeah. The Vikings were winning relatively comfortably. And then Tyron Hughes returns a, uh, yeah, it was Chris Carter made it, caught a touchdown to put the Vikings up 14-7. to And it's like, why aren't we scoring more points against this sorry Saints team? It was so annoying. It was really dumb. And actually, the Saints were way better than people would have thought. 7-4. and four. Huh. But I remember they did throw in a couple of good seasons, but then would lose right away in the playoffs. Yeah. I remember in 92, they were really good, and the Eagles beat the schmuck out of them. I remember that. It was like, damn it. That was the Cunningham Eagles back in the day with uh, Reggie White. Yeah. That's what happened. The Saints were good. Oh, they, they were good for a couple of years there. But the Vikings just found a way to lose. I remember it was so annoying. The 99-yard kickoff return. And then the legendary Morton Anderson. He was on the Saints at the time. A 24-yard, like, uh chip shot kick and the Vikings offense couldn't get the job done. Jim McMahon was kind of mediocre back in that uh, back around that time. He wasn't at his best. No, that was yeah, Wade Wilson was the state's quarterback. Sean Salisbury. That's right. Jim McMahon didn't play. That's one of the reasons. Salisbury was okay, but McMahon was a little better. Wade Wilson, yep, he was the quarterback of the Saints. Yep, I remember. Uh, Robert Smith, 94 yards. Yep. Before he got hurt for 99 times. Poor guy. <laughs> uh, yep. Oh, yeah, the 21-20 to 20 win in 94. That was, like, crazy. Man, we had some back-and-forth epic games. 
The next year, the Vikings won 43 to 24. Wow, some absolutely fun ones. The heartbreaking NFC title game. The year before was that back and forth battle in New Orleans, 30 to 27. I kind of thought the NFC title game would wind up like that. The Vikings would win an ugly back and forth battle. Maybe some turnovers on both sides. The Vikings would win. Unfortunately, the Saints won instead. And then the next uh, year, the Vikings lost a very low-scoring, crappy game. It's, the 2010 Vikings sucked. It's okay to say, the 2010 Vikings sucked. And everybody knows it. Um, we, haven't, we haven't played them all that many times since then. But uh, we did win most recently, 28-25, after getting our asses handed to us on Christmas Day 2020, where nothing really went right for that Vikings team. An impressive playoff win on uh, January 5th, 2020, where Mike Zimmer put the... Uh, put Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin inside to attack the weak guards of the Saints, and that pressured Drew Brees into making some mistakes and just rattled him quite a bit. Saints would only score 20 points. Vegas would emerge victorious. Cousins to Thielen on a big play, and then ultimately Cousins to Kyle Rudolph to wrap it up in OT for a walk-off victory. But then the Christmas Day Massacre, where Alvin Kamara would run for six touchdowns against the Vikings. Yuck. Um, but anyhow, I do believe the Vikings can get the job done with Josh Dobbs, a quarterback. Why not? Um, the Vikings defense has definitely improved so much. Uh, Brian Flores is, he's a Mike Tomlin-like defensive coordinator at the very least. If he's a Mike Tomlin head coach, I'm not sure. But as a defensive coordinator, he's very Mike Tomlin-like. Like Tomlin was for the Vikings at the time he was here. He was absolutely wonderful. And I like what, I like what the defense is doing. I like the way the players are stepping up. Yeah, Cam Akers is a big loss, I think, more than people want to give credit to. It's a damn shame. Um, oh, and by the way, today, in today's game, uh, Christian Derrissaw didn't even play. I mean, the recipes were all there for an absolute disaster, but Quisenberry was okay. Uh, the guy that played, obviously, at left tackle in today's game was pretty decent. But still, it, it, had, it had all the makings of a potential disaster, but the other... But Quisenberry and the rest of the offensive line held up enough that Josh Dobbs wasn't rattled into making mistakes, and Jaron Hall as well. And uh, so you factor in the hope, hope that Christian Durstow will be back next week, as he was a late scratch at the last minute pretty much in this game. There was no talk about Durstow being out, but it must have been an ankle or something. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, I, I, I like the Vikings' chances against the Saints team. Derek Carr is nothing special, and I could imagine this Vikings defense forcing him into an interception or two. And I could imagine Josh Dobbs having another good game. I think Josh Dobbs is going to lead the Vikings to the playoffs. Yep, and I don't mean this epic record and God knows, but I, I, I like the Vikings' chances of having a winning record this year despite the uh, situation that was dealt to us with the uh, multiple Achilles tears now, one with Kirk Cousins and Cam Akers, so we underutilized, unfortunately, in the time he's here. Um, but the Vikings will beat the Saints next week. I'm thinking, uh, you know, like, not the highest scoring game ever, but maybe something like, maybe something along the likes of 28-24, but the Vikings get the job done, and Josh Dobbs' mobility will be a huge plus for the Vikings in those third and long situations. I can see that uh, definitely being a factor going forward. With that, we'll take a quick break and come back for our final segment.
And we are back here on Purple Mafia segment number three, fan interaction segment. No call-ins today that I can see. I did make a quick check, a quick scan. But, uh, yeah, what an awesome call-in it was last week from uh, Dave Martin, Mad Martin, out of Northern Scotland. Of course, I'm getting the Instagram ready. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I see Josh Dobbs in the locker room everywhere. That's fun. Kevin O'Connell congratulating on what he was able to accomplish. That was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Um, it was it was beautiful stuff. But we'll go to Twitter first, or X, or whatever we call it. Let's call it X. Uh, retweeted by, okay, Purple Mafia. Why does it just say Mafia? Weird. Purple Mafia, episode... 411, truly at a crossroads with the injury, of course. Retweeted by Gerald Spring out of South Dakota, not Nebraska anymore. Uh, Tanae Brown out of New Zealand. Vince Germano out of Australia. And Malcolm McSween out of Cali. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for those retweets. Tanae Brown opens things up here saying, ah, uh, what was he saying? Uh, oh yeah, Josh Dobbs, Vikings trading for Josh Dobbs. And yes, today Brown says, I'll take him over Kyler. Ha ha. And me too now, more than ever. Interestingly, both of them pretty damn athletic. Like obviously Kyler Murray, very athletic and run like the wind. But so can Josh Dobbs. And yep, aerospace engineer, insanely intelligent, as is, of course, the uh, the other Vegas quarterback who hopefully will be okay after the concussion, along with KJ Osborne as well, uh, who also had a concussion. Ah, oh, scary. So many damn injuries and, and all that. But um, I remember I was like, Josh Dobbs, really? Josh Dobbs? But I, I wasn't like mad. I was just like, huh, interesting. I, so when I put a hmm, like hmm, and then hashtag Vikings, I wasn't like mad. I was just surprised. Like, Josh Dobbs, huh? Okay. I mean, we'll see. But I didn't know enough about him at the time. I knew about him a little bit. Obviously, I'd been paying attention to him with Arizona. But Arizona was sucking so bad. And then they benched him. I don't know what they benched him for. He wasn't the problem, but maybe they figured, I don't know, he's kind of like, we're not winning games, blah, blah, blah. And what's the point? That kind of thing. Let's try to look towards the future. This is that. Where if Josh Dobbs comes here with these weapons and it's a pretty decent team and a good defense as well, all right, let's, let's see what happens. Maybe Josh Dobbs can, uh, who knows, you know, maybe. <laughs> um, Dave Hickey coming in out of Iowa says, Okay, so what was I saying? Yep, I, yep. Jaron Hall, I really liked what he was saying. Yep, he sounds very mature. Yep, it was the press. It was a little brief press conference there. I think it was Wednesday, or uh, and I was very impressed. No, but it couldn't have been Wednesday. It was Monday. Yeah, Monday after the game. That's right, because Halloween was um, Tuesday. Jaron Hall talking about his making his regular season debut, and I was saying I like this guy. Dave Hickey responds with, he could be a player. I like they dabbed him in picking Josh Dobbs for little or nothing as a backup plan. And yeah, yep, yeah, Josh Dobbs as well, again, with that nice, yeah, I mean, it's very inexpensive trade, low-risk, high-reward type of thing, potentially. Maybe most people might say, high-reward, how? Huh, maybe, maybe it is a high-reward. He did help us win the game. Uh, Yep, and then Gerald Spring responds with, who knows, yep, maybe. And yeah, well, he's at least won one game for us so far. Danae Brown. Yep, he says, I've been watching, I, I, I've just been watching some of Hall's film. He's going to make some incredible throws and miss some really easy stuff. Hopefully we see more of the uh, of the former against Atlanta. Yep, and he looked good uh, in the drive he was out there anyway. 
Um, Mad Martin says, fingers crossed. Let's hope the moment is not too big for him. And at the end of the day, I don't think it was. I don't think it was. And I'm guessing you'd agree, Mad Martin, uh, Dave Martin, and today. It, Jaron Hall looked very, very comfortable out there. He did. He looked like a he looked like he had leadership ability as well. So, as does Josh Dobbs, I think. Uh, Fozzie Simon. I'm, yep, I like this guy. I like Fozzie Simon. Even though we had the minor disagreement <laughs> earlier in the year about the whole uh, Taylor Swift uh, and all that crap. Uh, Taylor, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey. But it's because, you know, yeah, we're, we're humane about it. I, we just, there's no good guy, no bad guy. We just disagree. You know, when it came to that. But since then, it's been a lot of fun. Um, Fozzie Simon says... Simon says, there we go. <laughs> ah, that, ah, that year that Sean uh, ought to have been banned for life, Peyton, his defensive players. Uh, yeah, that's right. Okay, because it was like, um, the tweet was, where'd it go? Where's the tweet? It wasn't it something about, what the flip? It doesn't even show what was going on. But the title of the SI, yeah, the title of the SI is what's important. The uh, article the Vikings are the last or the oldest major sports franchise that have never won a championship of any kind after the Texas Rangers won their uh, World Series. So, yeah, the Rangers are older than some of us think. I don't believe they started in Texas either. I think they were the first, uh, or yeah, they were the second version of the Washington Senators. They, like, were an expansion Washington Senators team. Like, the Twins, the Washington Senators moved to... Uh, Bloomington, Minnesota to become the Minnesota Twins. This is Major League Baseball. And then the uh, Washington Senators restarted again, and then they moved to Texas, like, right away. What the heck? It was, like, right away to become the Texas Rangers. And then, um, at least I think that's the story. I might have looked that up again, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And then many, many years later, the Montreal Expos moved to um, Washington, D.C. to become the... Uh, uh, Washington Nationals. What the heck? Texas Range. I want Rangers. Stupid. That was dumb. Okay, I just want to look that up and see some history. You know how Wikipedia. I just get curious about this. There has to be information. Oh, come on. Establishing. Uh, okay, so maybe they weren't the. Uh, yeah, there they are. What? Okay, when the Washington, when the original Washington Senators announced their move to Minnesota to become the Twins in 61, Major League Baseball decided to expand a year earlier than planned to stave off the Twins' threats of com competition from the composer. So, okay. But the, but the Rangers are older than the Vikings anyway, or younger than the Vikings anyway. Yeah, see, they were the Washington Senators for a whole decade. Yeah, 61 to 71. So that's not even, like, news, though. <laughs> the Rangers started in 72. But maybe that just kind of emphasized it as well, because the Rangers are pretty old in terms of... It's been 51 years in uh, Texas. After Ah, uh, but the Washington Senators... Yeah, 61, so that does count. It's a tie. Yep, that's right, because the franchise did not win as the Washington Senators. The original Washington Senators did win a World Series in the 30s with Walter Johnson, so... Technically, the Minnesota Twins franchise has three World Series, but only two of them were here. How we put all that together, I don't know. So that's why. Okay, 61. I get it now. I get it now. Sorry, I'm stupid. My mind's not catching up. Let's get back to where we need to be. <sighs> After that, uh, but yeah, that's why, because uh, the image was of Brett Favre, you know, with that look after the interception and the loss. 
Fawzi Salmon says, ah, the year that Sean out have been banned for life paid, in, paid his defensive players extra to hurt our quarterback. Yep, and that was insanely frustrating. See you next Tuesday, Sean. Yep, yep, and that's a Shanine. <laughs> That'd be against the, um, yeah, that guy. Yep, so that would be against the Broncos coming up soon. Sorry I dragged that out, but uh, that's why. Okay, the Washington Senators started in 61, the second version of the Washington Senators. And they brought the logo back again to be the Washington Nationals, so this time they'll actually stay there. And they won the World Series as the, you know, the former Expos won the World Series in 2019. Babylon, Joey Babylon. Mad Martin. Hopefully, yep, that would be about Jaron Hall. I was saying Hall looks pretty good. Mad Martin responded with, hopefully he's not out after that hit, but solid start. And unfortunately, he was out. First, I thought he hurt his wrist or something, but nope. Um, oh, come on. Try to respond. Yep, and I was saying, hang in there, hang in there, KJ. God bless. Today, Brown said that looked horrific, and yes, it did. It was like a, it was like a car accident. Boom, you know. And then he gets up, and he's okay. Didn't play again, but in the game because you just wouldn't dare. But uh, he looked like he's going to be totally fine. So that was awesome. That was awesome. Like praise the Lord, literally. Uh, I was saying that was a great drive, including a huge run by Josh Dobbs to get that 22-yard first down. Tanae Brown responds with scrappy. Best word I can find to describe that first half. Uh, the fact we're in with a chance here is crazy. The defense is a lot of fun to watch. Yes, they are. It's a fun team to watch the Vikings now. Mad Martin says, Dobbs. Dobbs, I did no mug. But what I want to see is Hall. That second drive... That second drive was exciting. Yeah, okay, yeah, because that's why it was six attempts. Yeah, because he didn't attempt that many in the first uh, drive. A lot of handoffs at the beginning with uh, Hall. Yeah, it was two drives with Hall, sorry. Um, yep, that's the kind of excitement we could have with real hope of something greater when the Purple move on from Kirk and go for a real uh, top quarterback prospect. Yep, or Dobbs and Hall look like pretty good players, and at least we have at least we have good backup quarterbacks now. Compared to, you know, like Sean Mannion and Simeon was okay. Simeon was a little bit better. But Dobbs and Hall, Hall and Dobbs, I think are way better than uh, like like a Mannion or whatever. And they're probably better than Mullins too. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Mad Martin says, to wrap up the Twitter, or X says, uh, we, so we put up the most points scored by the Purple this season with a mobile quarterback who's been who's been here under a week without JJ or any run game. And even KJ got out right away. Yep, and no run game at all. All I can say is that is that other quarterback definitely wasn't elevating the team around him. He he did against San Francisco, but I can understand. Yes, it this was uh, I I can understand that conversation to a point for sure. Um, Josh Dobbs does bring an extra element that uh, wasn't that hasn't really been here, maybe not since forever. An extra component, whatever the word is. That wasn't here before, honestly. Um, we've had mobile quarterbacks, but not that many. Like I said earlier in the first segment, Ponder was kind of mobile, but not really. You know, Tavares Jackson, you know, I mean, it's like he's mobile, but he'd always, like, be short. He'd always come up short. It was, you know, Chad Beebe syndrome. Always come up short. Always, always, always. You know, it's like, come on, man. Can you ever just get that extra yard? It's like, come on. And it always felt that way with... Uh, Ponder. It definitely felt that way with uh, Kirk Cousins when he'd scramble. Uh, occasionally he'd have a good one, but rarely, very rarely. 
Uh, where Dobbs seems insanely uh, is is ex- insanely explosive. Uh, Instagram to get things rolling here. I think we're going to hear from Mike Dale. He made his return, which is wonderful. If we get closer and closer to the end of the episode. I'm going to the wrong place here, and I apologize. Yeah, Purple Mafia show is the... Oh, there he is talking. Josh Dobbs, great job today on Sunday here in Atlanta. Cheers to the next one. I'll see you guys back in Minnesota. Let's get it. What's up, Skull Nation? I want to introduce myself. I'm Josh Dobbs. Great job <laughs> today on Sunday here in Atlanta. Cheers to the next one. I'll see you guys back in Minnesota. Let's get it. Okay. Hopefully you guys could hear that the second time for sure, because it was like halfway through. Now I got sound here, and I apologize. Enough with the sound. Let's just uh, get to the post, huh? I put Jaron Hall as the cover because they, I don't know, I just change it up a little bit. Uh, Cam Bynum also got the player of the week. Yep, so we'll talk about that as well. Briefly, player of the week for Cam Bynum last week. That's awesome. Uh, Skyforce92 is, of course, Mark Carlson. He says he has a remarkable story, a great player, and a good fit for the Purple T. Yep, agreed. The in-game thread. Whoa, yeah, man, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's busy today. That's good. Tanae Brown. Nope. Vince, uh, let's open up with Mark Carlson. Traveling today, I missed the entire game. I didn't even get to listen on the radio. I will have to get up to speed and drop a comment on the post game. Yep, and please do. Please do. More than welcome to do that. Tanae Brown says, I love seeing Addison trying to throw blocks out there. He's not very good at it, but at least he's trying to help in place. Yep, I agree there. Tanae earlier said, if if I'm Atlanta, I'm going for it every fourth down. We can't run the ball. And Dobbs has been in the system for five minutes. Long game coming up. And yeah, it felt like it. And then all of a sudden, things started changing later, thankfully. Um, Mike Dale was saying, way to step up, Dobbs and Powell, next man up. And that's definitely a big theme there. I was saying it felt like a suicide mission. Uh, Mike Dale says, where'd it go? Daniel Hunter has been immense. Yes, he had. Yes, he has. Uh, Mike Dale again says, uh, defense has impressed the hell out of me today so far. Tanae Brown was saying, defense needs to score a touchdown or turn the ball over in scoring uh, positions today. Going to be a long game, I'd say. Yeah, that's what he was afraid of early on in the game. And uh, Mike Dale says, our running game is laughable. Really was. Um. Yep, yeah, and I was like, Hall looks pretty good. And, I, and then Mike Dale says, yeah, shame he might be knocked out after uh, knocked out of the game under concussion protocol. And yep, that was such a shame. Mike Dale says, you can tell the Falcons, uh, let's go to these other ones first. Does this guy Dobbs have Crisco on his on his effing hands? Yeah, all the stupid fumbles. Even Cousins isn't as careless and doesn't mishandle the football in the pocket as badly as this guy. I swear, if they bleep handing it off to Madison, I'm shutting this bleep off and doing something reductive with my Sunday. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and expecting a different result. You can tell the Falcons defense is getting gassed when Madison is gaining three or four yards up the middle, even when they know it's coming. Yep, and thankfully, eventually, that ended up helping the Vikings' cause as we move forward. Post-game threat. Now we're getting more sound. Apologize. I don't think there's any comments. Well, ain't that... That's the darndest... There's no comments. Huh. Well, guys, put some post-game comments on there if you could. That's surprising. Uh huh. Very surprising, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, thank you guys very much for your interaction, and that's totally fine. Totally fine. I'm probably driving my wife nuts anyway, so 
Hope all of you, uh, again, that, that was very enjoyable. We'll see how the Vikings momentum carries into next week, which I think it will. I think the Vikings win their fifth game in a row. Why doubt this team right now when they're playing as well as they are? They just might have a, they might just might have a very, very fun season after all. It's crazy to think where we were five weeks ago. One and four. Now here we are. Four weeks ago, pardon me. One and four. Now here we are. Five and four. And gosh, you just have one more, one more good bounce or something. May, well, not one more good bounce. Hang on to the bleeping ball a little better or make one more bleeping play, which was the story of the 21 season and, tw- and all the other years until we've been in. We'd be 6-3, and three, we'd be 7-2, and two, blah, 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 blah. Pretty crazy to think about. Um, but the Vikings team looks good. And a lot of people were saying they actually look like a better team than last year. They certainly look more battle-tested, and that's probably the biggest key of all outside of Joshua and the Battle of Jericho out there in Atlanta. Very impressive. Very impressive. But um, this team is more battle-tested than last season, and that could end up being a difference-maker just like the Twins, you know, finally doing something in the postseason this past year um, when least expected, where they look like complete crud, like nobody expected them to do anything until finally sometime in September. They just looked like, you know, this team might actually do something, and they did. So we'll see if this Vikings team does something, and uh, we go on a pretty special ride maybe come January. I hope so. Uh, With that said, please do... uh, Put a positive rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any of those apps. Greatly appreciate it if you could do that. It really helps with the algorithms of the show, especially Apple Podcasts, but really anything. Spotify, of course, as well. Greatly appreciated those of you that have uh, helped out in that department. Um, greatly, greatly appreciated in so many ways. Uh, and those of you that listen on Spotify, it does help a lot. It can help grow the show, even though the uh, expectations to actually finally get ads in here are higher than you'd ever expect than they were just even well they're they're literally 10 times higher than they were just a few months ago which is ridiculous i don't know why they would add an extra zero but they did thanks guys thanks spotify for being greedy but uh, <laughs> or stingy is maybe the better way to put it greedy in one way stingy in the other but with that said again thank you so much for listening to the show please tell your friends about it and please do put a positive rating if you could don't be afraid to call in with a audio submission, all you got to do is pick up your smart device. Every smart device has a free voice recording app on it. Simply open the smart device, or open the the app anyway. Press record, treat it like a phone call, and then when you stop and save it, you email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. I would then convert it into an into a MP3 file to get it on Audacity, thanks to cloudconvert.com. With that said, hope you all had a happy Halloween, and now we're into... <laughs> unofficial Christmas season as it's really Thanksgiving season which I appreciate very much thankfully there's a tree, there's a yard or two that has an inflatable turkey in it which I think is the coolest thing ever because Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday for many reasons it's usually the end of the cleanup season uh, I love turkey very much it's one of the most underrated meals of the planet I just love turkey love turkey um, turkey dinner oh my god gravy and mashed potatoes and all that oh um but it's also like as we're heading into the Christmas season as well, whereas Christmas, it's like it's a great day and everything, but you're sad because Christmas season ends that day. So it's like, ah, or like unofficially ends because usually it goes until like early January, like January 1st or so. But it feels like it's all over once you get to Christmas Day, whereas Thanksgiving, you're leading into the heart of Christmas season and it's so much fun. So as long as you stay away from stores on Thanksgiving Day, why do that? 
Why ruin Thanksgiving Day with that Black Friday crap? Let Black Friday be Black Friday, not Black Thursday, Black Friday. With that said, now that I'm getting off my soapbox again, all of you have a wonderful week, and keep it up, Vikings.